Welcome to another episode of Mike's Money Picks. Today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about the Wednesday, March 15th slate of college basketball DFS. March Madness is coming in hot, y'all, and we've got two more first four games as well as some NIT action. And DraftKings and FanDuel have both given us slates to play DFS for this Wednesday night. So this is a nice little, you know, it's considered an appetizer before the Thursday and Friday first round games. It's a great opportunity to warm up, get used to some of these mid-major teams that we haven't seen a whole lot of, and just play some DFS before the NCAA tournament. Now, we have a lot of content coming your way here on Mike's Money Picks for the NCAA tournament. First, if you have not already, check out our Bracket Breakdown episode. Sat down with my dad, big college basketball fan, really knows his stuff, really informed, and we broke down some of the topics that you want to consider when filling out your March Madness bracket, and we make our official picks for the Final Four and the National Champion. It's a really good episode. Strongly encourage you to check it out if you are interested in playing any sort of office bracket pools in addition to DFS. Speaking of bracket pools, if you want to join our official Mike's Money Picks bracket pool, um, make sure that you follow me on Twitter, send me a DM, or shout me out in a mention so that way I can get you added. It is a $10 entry fee into the pool, and so I want to make sure that you know I get your information from Twitter. Um, that way we can get you know the $10 in and get you guys into the pool. Um, so if you want to join that, please reach out, let me know, and I can get you in it. Now also, you're going to want to subscribe to the podcast feed, y'all, because we are going to have episodes all weekend for every college basketball DFS slate that is here on DraftKings and FanDuel this weekend. So you're going to hear episodes for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Once the salaries become available, I will be getting those episodes out to you, and you're not going to want to miss them. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. You'll be notified when new episodes drop. All right, so let's go ahead without further ado and dive into this Wednesday slate. Um, it's not the best slate in the world, but hey, there's still some plenty of good games, plenty of good teams, plenty of good players that we can get into our DFS lineups. And so we're going to break it down for you. But first, a quick word from our friends at Spotify. All right, so on this Wednesday slate, we do have a five-game DraftKings slate and four-game FanDuel slate. Now, in terms of games that we want to target, the top of the board for me, in terms of games that I want to get exposure to, is Cincinnati versus Virginia Tech. It has the highest total on the slate at 151, and Ken Palm has it as Cincinnati 80-74. to um, Both these teams are not the best defensively, and they can push the tempo a little bit, so I can definitely see this game getting into the 150s or maybe even the 160s. Texas Southern at Fairleigh Dickinson is actually the second highest total on the slate at 148. Ken Palm has it as Texas Southern uh, 77 to 75. And big reason for that is Fairleigh Dickinson is not a good defensive basketball team. They are 361st in the nation in defensive efficiency, according to Ken Palm. And uh, last I checked, there's only 363 teams. So that is um, quite poor, if I'm being honest. So I definitely think that there's an opportunity to get some Texas Southern guys into the lineup and you know kind of take advantage of that opportunity with the weak defense of Fairleigh Dickinson. Now, Ken Palm also has Oregon projected for 80 points against UC Irvine, but I take that with a little bit of a grain of salt. Oregon is going to be without their two best guards, Will Richardson and Jermaine Cousinard. So I would kind of think that there's going to be some opportunity for these Oregon guys, but keep in mind that when you see those totals, when you see the point spreads, they are going to be without those two guys. All right, so now let's go ahead and talk about the guard position. So first up is Dimitri Roberts of Fairleigh Dickinson. He is at the top of the board. He has a 25% usage rate, which is not bad, but there are actually higher usage rates on this slate among other players. So what you're going to need from him is a lot of peripheral stats to pay off. 
And, you know, I don't know if he's going to get there or not. Texas Southern isn't a team that plays slow, but it's not going to be like a super sped-up game for Fairleigh Dickinson. So it's going to not be the easiest path in the world for him to get those peripheral stats and pay off this salary. In fact, it's been pretty difficult for him in the last six games. He hasn't hit four times value for his current salary in his last six games. So um, this is probably just a pass for me unless you're looking to super game stack the Fairleigh Dickinson-Texas Southern game. Now, what's also important to note is that we do have a Landers Nolly revenge game. He actually started his career at Virginia Tech. Now he's playing for Cincinnati, and he's Cincinnati's best player. Personally, I would play Nolly in DFS over David DeJulius. Um, Landers Nolly is seeing a lot of minutes at the four right now, meaning that he's going to be guarded by Justin Mutz. And we've kind of seen um, Virginia Tech's interior of Mutz and Basili get exploited at times. Um, not necessarily as you know individual defenders, but as a team defense, teams have been able to score inside at Virginia Tech. Um, so I definitely think that that's a good opportunity for Nawi. And he does have a 25% usage rate on the season, which is the highest on the team, significantly higher than DeJulius's. So in a tempo up game against the not great defensive unit, I think this could be a really good spot for Landers Nawi. Keenan Blackshear of Nevada needs a lot of peripheral stats to hit value. We've kind of seen that over the course of the season for him. He's only hit four times value in four of his last 16 games. And in all four of those games, they were when Nevada scored 75 or more points. Well, the issue for that this Wednesday night is that Ken Palm only has Nevada projected for 69 points going up against Arizona State. So you're really going to need this game to push, uh, you know, with a higher point total. So that way Keenan Blackshear gets more possessions. That way he can get more peripheral stats. Remember, if you're a guy who's dependent on peripheral stats, you always always want more possessions because that just means more opportunities for rebounds and assists. Now, C.J. Kelly of UCF is a guy who is on a bit of a hot streak recently. He's had three games, three straight games over four times value, including 47.3 fantasy points against Memphis in the AAC tournament. But his usage rate in those games wasn't substantially higher than his season average. He's just been more efficient than he usually is. So I'm going to kind of chalk this up to hot shooting. And, you know, there's kind of two ways to look at that. You can say, okay, well, I'm just going to ride the hot hand. Or you can say that regression to the mean is going to come and if he's actually not a great shooter, he's going to start not shooting great, right? So I think that I could see the argument either way for C.J. Kelly. What is important, though, is that teammate Jalen Young has entered the transfer portal, which could mean more minutes for C.J. Kelly and D.J. Johnson and Ithiel Horton. So all, all three of those UCF guards that have been pretty good this season, if I'm being honest, could have a chance to see bonus minutes and bonus usage because of the departure of Jalen Young. Desmond Cambridge Jr. of Arizona State has seen his usage rate pick up in the Pac-12 tournament, as did Frankie Collins. So if I'm playing any Arizona State guys, I kind of think that those two would be the ones that I would count on because they are going to be the ones with the ball in their hands when the game matters. Now heading down the 6K range, Riley Kugel has been a guy who we've played a lot since Colin Castleton's injury. So why stop now? Like, I don't see any reason to stop. He's hit over four times value in four of his last five games. And the one game that he didn't hit four times value, it was 3.5 times value. So it was pretty close. So Riley Kugel really hasn't killed you if you played him in a lineup in the last five games, really since Colin Castleton got hurt. So I think that there's no reason to not go back to him. He's continued to see high usage, just really good spot for Riley Kugel. Now, P.J. Henry of Texas Southern is a guy that I will probably be playing, and I'm going to do so completely ignoring his game log. I'm going to just, just looking at the numbers. So all the game log people that you know play on DraftKings and FanDuel are probably going to click right by him. I'm not, because he has a 27% usage rate on the season. That's more than some of the higher-priced guys on this slate, and we just talked about Fairleigh Dickinson's defense, 361st in the nation, according to Ken Palm. So give me a guy who's got the ball in his hands a lot against a defense who lets teams score a lot. Just sounds like a good combination to me. P.J. Henry is a guy that, you know, just kind of, um, 
you know, covering up my nose, covering up my eyes on the game log. But I think he's a really solid play when all the numbers um, bear out. Now, the 5K range for the guard spot's a little bit thin, but there are some guys in here that I do not mind. Uh, Kyle Lofton of Florida has only been under three times value once since Colin Castleton got injured. Joe Munden of Fairleigh Dickinson has a lot of volatility, but a lot of upside as well. Um, he has had some huge performances. He's also had some dud performances. He does see a pretty high usage rate for Fairleigh Dickinson. So if this game does get pushed up you know, to a higher total, he is a guy that could definitely stand to benefit. Now in the 4K range, Rodney Rice of Virginia Tech has been about a fantasy point per minute guy since March 1st. Doesn't play a whole lot of minutes, but when he's out there, he gets usage and he scores some fantasy points. Like I said, one fantasy point per minute. So if he gets you two... Or if he plays 20 minutes, he's going to get you to about 20 fantasy points, which would pay off his value instantly. Now, with Oregon being without Cousinard and Richardson, Keyshawn Bartholomew is the only guy that is currently playing who has seen minutes at point guard over the last five games, like other than Cousinard and Richardson, right? So I think that Bartholomew is a guy who could really stand to benefit from those two's absence. Um, but I also don't really know if they go kind of off the board or with somebody out of their rotation um, to play point guard minutes. Now, they're not just going to need point guard minutes because it's two guys that are missing, right? So I think that Bartholomew is probably the most natural beneficiary. Rivaldo Swords is also likely a beneficiary as well. He's likely to see boosted minutes and usage playing the two spot. And then Tyrone Williams for them, he's kind of the guy that, you know, not really looking at recent performances He's kind of had some good games in garbage time for Oregon. And so what I mean by that is like in blowouts when, you know, they're up 20 or down 20, he comes in, scores some fantasy points and, you know, really had no impact on the outcome of the game. Um, and so he might be the guy that like gets the next crack at minutes at the point guard position or at the shooting guard position. So I think he's probably worth a look as a GPP play, but I definitely, I definitely wouldn't feel super confident or super secure in that. I, I just, I'm floating him as a name that when you're looking at, you know, these Oregon guards are going to have to pick up some slack. He's one that could pick up some of the slack. So that's why I wanted to mention him here. That's Tyrone Williams of Oregon. All right, now one or two more guys to mention here at the guard spot. One of them gets dual eligibility, and that's Arizona State's Jemiah Neal. He's been playing a little bit of boosted minutes lately in his last six games, and he's hit over four times value in three of those last six games. Wouldn't mind going back to him. Dual eligibility really allows you um, a little bit more versatility to build out a lineup. And then Colby Granger, we've talked about this before. When DraftKings and FanDuel have mid-majors, Every now and then there's a mid-major misprice, right? There's a guy that just comes in, you know, super lower price compared to where he should be. And I think on this slate, that's Colby Granger. He's had seven games over five times value in his last 12. Now he hasn't been super consistent as a whole on the whole season, but he's giving you that upside. And if you're playing a guy down here and you want some upside, he's the guy I'm looking at. He has a 17% usage rate on the season, which is not bad, especially from a guy at this price tag. So that does it for the guard spot. So let's take a quick breather and then let's break down the big fellas. All right, so looking at the forward position, I'm going to be real honest, y'all. I kind of think that this is the slate where I would prefer to pay up at the forward spot as opposed to the guard spot. There's a lot of guys up here in the 8K range and the 7K range that I really like here on this slate. The first one is Justin Mutz of Virginia Tech. He has as much boom potential as anybody on the slate. 
four of his last 10 games, he's been over 40 fantasy points, which on a slate like this where value is really going to be hard to come by, I really think that this, that, you know, something like that, a 40 fantasy point forms could really put you ahead in any format that you're playing, whether it's cash games or GPPs. And I think that, you know, going against Cincinnati, they play Landers now at the four a lot, so they're kind of smaller. So he can use his length and athleticism on the offensive end to kind of give him an advantage. And I just really think this is a good spot for Justin Mutz. I think it's not a bad for teammate Grant Basile either. He has the same upside as Mutz. He's given some big time performances this season. He actually has a higher shot rate than Justin Mutz, but he has much less consistency in terms of his fantasy point performances. And he's really been a liability on the defensive end for the Hokies. So I definitely think that I would prefer Mutz between the two of them, but I wouldn't mind getting to Basile. I, I think stacking him is a unique option. And I think that playing Basile instead of Mutz would make for an interesting GPP fade because I definitely think Basile will be lower owned. Now, next on the board, Taylor Hendricks of UCF probably has the best matchup of any star player on this slate. Uh, Florida, we all know about the Colin Castleton injury. They've been very weak on the interior ever since that injury to Castleton. And Hendricks is he's been really solid all season, but he's got three games over 40 fantasy points in his last five, and he has a 23% shot rate on the season. So he's a guy that when he gets the ball, it's usually going up. And I really like the possibility of Taylor Hendricks getting you a four or five X value game, um, especially against the weak interior defense that is the Florida Gators right now. Now, next up on the board is Nafawi Dante, and I kind of like him if he plays because UC Irvine is a team that can push the tempo a little bit. But if he doesn't play, my pick to be the beneficiary is Kellel Ware. Um, he's really been the guy that when Nafali Dante has been hurt this season, Kellel Ware has been the guy who's really played those minutes and taken that role. And I think that people might look at other like more expensive forwards to play in, in this spot for Oregon. But I think that I want to just one-to-one -one swap Dante for Ware. Like, I would rather just play Ware than play either of the other guys that are priced above Ware because I really think it's just going to be Ware taking Dante's minutes and Dante's usage as opposed to the other guys seeing more minutes and more of a boost. I hope that makes sense. But if Dante doesn't go, Kalel Ware is one of the best value plays on the slate. John Walker III of Texas Southern is a play that I don't mind either. He gets to attack that super weak Fairleigh Dickinson defense. However, price tag... I think it's a little high. I think he's a little overpriced for what his production has been, but I do like the matchup. However, I kind of would prefer his teammates than him. So I think they're more appropriately priced. Devon Barnes is Texas Southern's small ball four. He plays a ton of minutes. Usage rate isn't the highest, but give me a guy who's going to be on the floor against a bad defensive team like Fairway Dickinson, and he's going to luck his way into layups and offensive rebounds. Um, so I definitely think that there's upside for Devon Barnes. Jordan Carl Nicholas is a little more inconsistent in terms of minutes than John Walker and Devon Barnes, but he gives a little bit of a size advantage for Texas Southern. He's 6'9", and Fairleigh Dickinson doesn't play anybody in their rotation taller than 6'6". So I definitely think that these Texas Southern forwards, I'm getting to at least one of them in my lineup for sure because I really want to attack that Fairleigh Dickinson defense as much as possible. Now, I really think the forward spot is really ugly below $6,000 on DraftKings. Uh, Michael Durr for UCF, you know, we talked about how weak this Virginia front court is. He's playing a lot of minutes at the five, or I'm sorry, not the Virginia Tech front court, the Florida front court. He's playing a lot of minutes at the five for UCF right now, and he's put up three times value in four straight games, which, you know, won't kill you in any format. And it's a really good matchup against the interior defense that is the Florida Gators right now. Um, so Michael Durr is definitely a guy I'm looking at. Now, I mentioned this for Oregon. I think that Bettle and Garrier might be more highly owned because of Dante's injury, but I really want Kellel Ware. Um, he's the guy that I want if I'm playing any of the Oregon bigs if Nafali Dante is out. 
Now, obviously, I say that I could be totally wrong, but just from what I've seen over the course of the season, Kellel Ware has been the direct guy that gets Dante's minutes and gets Dante's usage when he's out. Now, Cameron Tweedy is a guy who's super volatile, but he does give you genuine upside. If you're looking for a GPP play at a low salary, um, he's a guy that can do that for you. Um, but below Tweedy, I'm and be, really Kella Ware's the only guy I'm interested in. And like, I'm probably just going to wait to see if there's any late breaking injury news. There always seems to be with NIT games, especially some late breaking injury news, some news of guys that are hitting the transfer portal. You, you just never know what's going to happen in the NIT, really. Um, so if we do get that, then there are guys that maybe are going to be worth pivoting to. But other than that, I really think the value plays at forward are pretty thin. If Dante's out, I'm looking to get to Kella Ware. Uh, maybe use Jemiah Neal of Arizona State at the forward spot because he gets that dual eligibility. Um, but really, I'm probably sticking for the most part at the forward spot to guys that are above $6,000. All right, so that does it for the forward position for this Wednesday's slate. And that does it for this episode that is the preview of this Wednesday's slate. If you like what you're hearing, please hit that subscribe button. You'll be notified when new episodes drop, like when we drop episodes for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday of March Madness. And if you are interested in joining our bracket pool for March Madness, follow me on Twitter at Mike's Money Picks. Reach out to me via DM or mention, and I will um, find a way to get your money, and I will find a way to get you in the $10 bracket pool. Next, also, if you are interested in playing DFS golf, Make sure you check out our preview of this week's Valspar Championship. College basketball is not the only sport going on this weekend. Um, still some opportunity to be made playing, playing DFS golf. Um, and so check out that preview if you are so inclined. But other than that, best of luck to all you guys in all your DFS endeavors. Hopefully I gave you enough information that you can correctly build a lineup, a good lineup for this Wednesday night slate. And other than that, best of luck to you guys with everything with March Madness, right? Um, do the best in your bracket pool. You know, played some DFS. Have some fun. It's one of the best times of the year. It's one of my favorite sports weekends of the year, um, and I can't wait to watch it. So anyway, um, I will hopefully see you guys back for the Thursday and Friday episodes. So thank you guys for listening, and I will see you all next time. Mm-hmm.